Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up, man? Nothing, nothing. How you feeling? Feeling good. We really? had a, Yeah, we had a great thing this morning. Uh, men's breakfast. That was good. That was fun. That was really good. Fun for everybody. Fun for everybody. Yep. Uh, pastor Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, the eldest elder. Yep. The wisest. The grandpa elder. The Well, yeah, he's yeah, grandpa. grandpa. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, he brought the word, yeah, brought man. a devotion. It was great. Super like practical, super Solid. tangible stuff. Yeah. Uh, love that man. And so, yeah, I was incredibly encouraged. Yeah. And then were you encouraged after that? N- well, no, I mean, like, uh, like maybe a little bit, not really. Cause I got whooped up in cards. You really, what, what happened? I thought you were usually, you're pretty good at cards. I was just not getting the cards, man. No, well, all I, all I know that happened was I got skunked yeah. twice. Hmm. And then on the last hand, uh, yeah. you stole the pile from me. Uh, so it sounds like I really beat you and Bob pretty bad. Uh, you yes, yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, I was encouraged. I thought the whole thing was. Yeah, really I'm good. really glad that you were encouraged. But I'm I'm looking forward to tonight. Uh, the women's ministry is having a event. Yep. So I'm gonna be with the kids, and then uh, another brother with his children are gonna be coming on over. Cool man. We're gonna uh, order in, have a bonfire, and hang out with our kids outside. You know, bonfire. As a pagan origin. Oh my gosh! Are we doing? No, you want to rethink rehashing. that? No, we're not going to rehash this. Bonfires. Okay. So, what about you, Joe? Have you been encouraged? How have things been? Uh, well, man, I was really encouraged. Uh, things were going great. You know, a bit. I mean, God's just been blessing me in a lot of ways. Uh, but then, with with more fofo. Uh, yeah, more fofo. Okay. More, uh, more winning at cards. But then, you know, I feel like He sent an evil spirit to torment me. In the person of Pastor Rick. No, stop it. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. I know Joe what? does not believe that. Well, oh, man. Listen, he's obviously a mean person. No, he I mean, he's obviously... It. He, he... No. No? No. No, I know. No, no you know, this and is, I know. Yes, stop it. Um, so this is we're doing this bonus episode because uh, Pastor Rick Patrick was at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary um, preaching a message mm-hmm. at, during their chapel. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a link sent to me as soon as it was available online uh, from a student there. We know yeah. we know students there, and uh, he was like, "Watch this." We we both got that message. Yeah, we both yeah, got, we got both that one. And then we got separate messages from other people, from yeah. a lot of other people saying, "Hey, man!" And uh, at first, at first, I didn't know what they were talking about, so I listened to the first part where Dr. Patterson, the president, was encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> was encouraging uh, spouses to bring their spouses to some event or something. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was it. And I'm like, that's kind of funny the way he said it, but I don't know what you're like. What? And he's like, no, 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 it's the message. You got to listen to the message. So, okay. So then we listened to the message and then we got what the hype was about, the drama was about. Yeah. Because what happened when uh, Pastor Rick got up there? What was he? What was his emphasis? Well, I think his, his emphasis was uh, anti-Calvinism. I mean, his emphasis was that uh, Calvinism is this stream within the SBC that, um, well, one, I think, well, and he's going to say it this way because he has a firm belief as what I think he called traditionalism, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, just Calvinism is wrong. It's not right. It hinders missions. And um, it's, it, it's not rooted in the SBC. 
right? That and and I, and I would say let me let me just push back a little bit to say that he would say. Uh, Pastor Rick and I have been talking a little bit on Facebook, mm-hmm. and everything's been really cool. I mean, um, there's there's no beef there. So, um, but he would say no. His emphasis was on the doctrine of salvation, and his points coming out of Hebrews. Yeah, and Hebrews, that yeah. and that he I think he would say that his application or some of the implications were dealing with what he considers the error of Calvinism. So I don't know if he would say that was his emphasis. Yeah, but when it when it overshadows the whole thing, right. then it becomes the emphasis. Yeah. When you spend that much time and you're using that to make your applicable points, yeah. and that is, I guess I would say, the majority of your message, then I, whether you intended for it to be, it became your emphasis. Yeah, I think it was, it, as, as I was listening to it, I listened to it twice, um, at first I thought it was about a third of the message was anti-Calvinism, and maybe a little bit more than that, maybe closer to 50%. Um, but again, I mean, I, 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 get, I get that there is a, a, a level of concern about Calvinism among some people in the SBC uh, because, well— Calvinists because, are jerks. <laughs> no, I, I think— I actually think so. I uh, think there's a lot of young guys that have— kind of pushed and been jerks about it yeah but i don't think that's the big concern i think the big concern you don't think the way calvinists have presented themselves that's not why they're upset all right that's not i don't think it helps do they did he mention that in any of his points uh and facebook he kind of did and he but not in his message and in fact he patrick was care rick patrick was careful to say uh some calvinists or some new calvinists so he was actually pretty careful he didn't just okay he was he was at times careful i believe um, so no, I don't think the main complaint is that Calvinists are jerks. Um, in fact, I would say a lot of the traditionalists are just as much a jerks as the Calvinists are in the yeah. SBC debate. Um, so it's, it's not one-sided in there. They're concerned. I think that the reason that they're concerned is one, they see the rapid growth of Calvinism, this resurgence of Calvinism in the SBC, uh, you know, bat boy, goodness, I would say 25 years ago, uh, I felt like there was a small group of us yeah. and now uh, you know, 30% of graduates are identifying as five-point Calvinists, and I think those numbers are continuing to increase. So I think that they're concerned about this trajectory, and I think that among some of these newer Calvinists, mm-hmm. it, particularly those who are not confessionally grounded okay. and not thoroughly reformed, we do see some looseness when it comes to ecclesiology. Okay, yeah. Are you referring then to his uh, conversation about uh, about uh, baptism? Yeah, yeah. So I, I get I get their concerns. Um, they don't like the theology. So there's the alarm. Mm. Uh, they see it growing. There's the alarm. They see the SBC is in decline. Uh, baptism rates have been down every year for I think over five years now, which needs to be addressed. Right. And I actually think it might not be a bad thing that our baptism rates are down. But that's a whole other conversation. That's all, all right. You're okay. You're um, going with the. I think we have inflated numbers and a lot of unconverted people getting okay. baptized. At least I think we have historically. All that to say. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that were mentioned in this sermon. We're going to link to it so you can listen to mm-hmm. it, and I'd encourage you guys to check it out. Um, and there was a Facebook conversation, and I, it wasn't on a particular group, was it? It was just no, one guy's post. That's right, one guy's post, and just everyone, on his own wall, on his own wall, and you know, um, it kind of blew up. It kind of blew up, and I will say, if you go on that, uh, Pastor Rick was, I felt. He was trying to answer questions in a respectful manner. Yeah. I felt like he was trying to be respectful and he was trying to be direct. And I think this is where my, here's where my frustration comes from in the midst of this conversation. Uh, We 
Calvinist or we reformed didn't really look good in there. Like there was some, I felt like there was some young guys that were just kind of, they were trolling. They were trolling. Yeah. They're trying to bait. They're trying to push. They were trying to like, like, you know, ah, gotcha. Or that and, that's because I agree, that and some of you guys, and listen, I, I, I know what it's like to get all testy and to uh, put people on blast, but um, you, you, the, the way to handle a guy that you disagree with, even a guy that insults you, is not to come out at him hard, but to come at him direct. But soft. It, it's. Yeah. I think it's a better practice to say, "All right." And I, listen, I don't always. I don't always do this. I, I fail in this. Oh no, Joe! No, you don't. Okay, knock it off. So, um, <laughs> but it's a lot better to I- engage the issues and the yes. ideas. And some of you guys did that, but some didn't. And I think that's right. There is the really important distinction that needs to be made. How do you? And we need to learn this. Like right. I'll talk about, we as Calvinists, we as we as Christians, we as believers, we as just human beings need to learn. How do you interact and have dialogue with people that you disagree with and you focus on the topic or the ideology mm-hmm. rather than attacking the person themselves? Yeah, well, the, the reason we do it, first of all, like, why do we do that? Well, because we feel it. Yeah. Right? You, you, you get your feelings hurt. You know, like, uh, like uh, Pastor Rick, uh, you know, one of the things he was concerned about is that this many, not all, but he said many in the new Calvinist a group of which I am not a part, by the way. I'm way too old. I've been around too long in the Reformed tradition to be considered a new anything. Uh, and I'm confessional. I'm not yeah. a part of New Calvinism. But that New Calvinists drink and smoke, which, you know, is certainly true of me mm-hmm. um, to a great extent. Um, I, don't, I don't get drunk, but uh, I do enjoy beer or bourbon, and um, I do smoke quite a bit of cigars. Um, you know, at least a couple times a week. So Wait, hold on. Uh, like, uh, what do you mean a couple times well, a week? Well, I mean, like, you know, a couple means like two, Right. Well, let's keep going up. How many? Yeah. Let's. How about I'm this? I'm just saying, like a couple times a week. I'm. Uh, you'll catch me. So smoking. seven times a week. Now, how many in a day? That's the real question. There's, there's seven days in a week, right? Mm-hmm. So seven times a week. Seven? No, seven days in a week. Yeah, but seven. I don't t- smoke seven times a week. No, but I'm saying use. Okay. How about this? Okay. Let. Okay. 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 okay, okay. okay. Let's let's start this way. All right. Um. Out of out of one week, how many days would you have at least one cigar? It's it's probably fair to say that most days of the week. Most days. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say seven days. Okay. All right. That's, we'll, I, we'll roll with that. I don't know okay, if that's I'm pretty, true. No, I'm pretty sure that's you know that's I'm true. Easy. Now, in a day, though, how right. many do you have? Well, it depends on the day. I think uh, it's, probably, it's fair to say that. But I, not I'm, Fridays. You know, but Fridays, I don't. I, usually, it's my day off. So you don't have any on Fridays? Well, I try not to. Oh, okay, but on average, you have? I don't know, probably three. Okay, three on Friday, on Friday, which means then that's your day off. That's your low number. Well, I don't know if it's what, about, what about your other days? I have, you know, like. Um, so you have five. I've had one today. There you go. I've had one today. Okay. What's but up? let's... All right. We're going to move on now. So, right. but I, I think so on the average, point is... is like you, was, what you want to do is you want to do five times seven people, and that's how you know. That's not what I'm smoking. All right. So what... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Jen on here to verify. You can be a Jen on there. She just, so um, though she was asking me the other week, she goes, how much do you think you spend a month on cigars? And I told her, and she goes, no. <laughs> it's way more than that. I'm like, what are you talking about? All right. So what I'm trying to say is, is that um, uh, Pastor Rick brought up this... Um, this issue that some guys are smoking and drinking. Yeah. And now he categorically said that this is wrong. You shouldn't be smoking or drinking. Um, and uh, I think he actually used sin. Right. And, um, and then in the conversation on Facebook, he actually linked to a video that our friend Les Lanfear put up. Thanks, Les. Thanks, Les. Thanks for throwing again, me under the bus. Les again gets us. 
Uh, and it's a, it's a slow motion capture of me smoking a cigar. He was playing with the slow motion feature on his camera. He just wanted to try it out. And he thought, like, well, the sun's already down, so I can't get anything that beautiful. Let me get a picture. Let me get a slow-mo of Joe Thorne smoking a cigar. That's about as beautiful as you can get. Are you really going to compare down. the two? Are you really going to compare well, you smoking to the sunset? It's pretty good. All right, continue. Did you see on. that video? What? Yes, it's I've a good seen video. it. It's a good, good video. video. Yeah, it's like the sunset. Bad. I'm just saying. Um, and so, compare the and two. then a lot of people were like, you know, and then he said something like, uh, if I showed this video to some of the ladies in my church and told them that's a Southern Baptist pastor, they wouldn't know what, I don't know what they would say. They wouldn't know what to say. And people felt like he was really attacking me. Um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like he was attacking me. No, I just felt I like he doesn't he know me. Um, and we have a different perspective on those things. So uh, we want to talk about this in general. And if you don't know what we're talking about, in the Southern Baptist Convention, there are two theological groups that are at odds with each other. Mm. There are those that are Calvinists and uh, those that are what they call traditionalists. And traditionalists are a group of people that follow the Hobbes-Rogers theology, as, as Pastor Rick stated, um, Adrian Rogers. These are, uh, these are theologians that are not Reformed. They are against Calvinistic theology. And, um, and of course, Calvinists are following a stream of theology that is— you know, basic historical. Yeah, it is. It is very historical. It's inter- it's interesting because the traditionalists are saying we will got to get back to our traditional theology and away from this resurgent. Oh, hang on. Oh, hello. That's, That's all, all right. good, buddy. <laughs> That's all right. The cleaning guy came in, snuck up on us. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, you're talking about historical. He was yeah, saying going back to the roots. Going, going back to traditional. Um, Traditionalist theology, when in reality, uh, we go back to the founding of the Southern Baptist Convention, um, and we, we actually see Calvinism as the dominant, really the universal theology of the church. In fact, uh, in 1845, when the SBC had its first convening, all of the churches represented there embraced the 1689 Second London Confession, all of them. Um, and so, you know, we have uh, James Boyce and, and, and leaders like that um, teaching, preaching the, the dominant theology mm-hmm. of the day of these Baptist churches in the South. So it, 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 I find it strange that um, on the one hand, there is this frustration with Calvinism, even if there is an acknowledgement that it's a part of the SBC, when in reality— it has not always been not just not just always been a part. Um, it be it is what, in in large part, was the theological foundation of the SBC. So I, it's interesting that we have we have this debate about all oh, these guys follow Calvin. We're trying to follow the Bible, but no, it's it's that the this is the theological perspective that uh, that many in the SBC have have had for you know since our beginning. And then there is the Hobbes-Rogers group, and they have a different take. And it's not that—and I agree with Pastor Rick. He was saying, we don't need to get rid of either of these wings, yeah. but we need to have better—he would call for balance and, and things like that. Well, I think he said, yeah, um, and he was even making the argument on Facebook that, if anything, it's the traditionalist view that is suffering or struggling and, and needing, I, I guess, to—I think he said being organized, kind yep. of come together and— Resources, networks, resources, yeah. networks. Yeah. And trying to help educate, maybe. I, yeah. I think that's so. I mean, it's the exact same thing that the Calvinists did. Yeah. So and that and I agree with him on that. I agree with him. And this is, the, you know, the frustration I felt was, um, you know, here is someone that 
firmly does believe in what they believe. Here's a brother in the Lord. Here is someone that, uh, that loves Jesus, that has been saved, that wants to see God glorified. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just trying to, I guess, share his viewpoint and people just kind of went at him about that. Yeah. And again, like, look, you know, it's a, it's a chapel. It's not church. Yeah. Okay. So you have some freedom in chapel. You can preach the word. Um, you can give a lecture or a talk. You can do a hybrid. Um, you know, just, you have some flexibility there. And, uh, and that, I didn't even look like there were a ton of people there in the chapel. If you see the videos, I, I don't know what the turnout is like. Yeah. I don't know what it's like there. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, um, so yeah, whatever it's, uh, it's, he has the freedom to, to talk about and do what he wants to do. Um, my, my, I guess when I'm thinking about the things that he said, uh, he said some things that here, here was, here was a big part of his message that people latched onto. He said that Calvinism was a Trojan horse. Yes. That in other words, that if you buy into, and he referred to new Calvinism specifically. Yeah. So the new Calvinism is a Trojan horse that brings with it a number of things that are dangerous and anti-Baptist. He refers to charismatic theology. He refers to post-millennialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, he refers to the corruption of congregational uh, polity. Um, he, refer- he actually cites a Calvinist, quote-unquote, who uh, said that congregationalism of, is of Satan. Yes. That's actually James McDonald. I was about to say, I was going to, yeah. The, and he is not a Calvinist. No. I know James. Uh, he has some Calvinistic beliefs, beliefs but um, he is at odds with Calvinism and the Reformed branch of mm-hmm. the church uh, theologically. And uh, he has since repented of that statement publicly, and he no longer holds that to be true. And guess what? He's now in the SBC. so uh that could be good or bad depending on your view i suppose yeah um so yes uh there there are some issues with new calvinism that is worth talking maybe we should do an episode on new calvinism yeah yeah be good uh new calvinism versus confessional reformed theology i like that we'll do that um so look uh there are some things that are associated with some aspects of new calvinism and and pastor rick was right we're talking about systematic theology here yeah we're talking about a much bigger issue than just this, this one aspect of the sovereignty of God and salvation. There is more to it. But he also said that co- what, what comes with this Trojan horse is the use of alcohol and tobacco, Yeah, which was interesting, I felt like, because... Well, because I, I don't think... I feel like not every Calvinist I know... Right. ...you know, is all about alcohol or all about cigars... Right. ...or tobacco. Um, and, I mean, you know my position. I, I definitely... I enjoy bourbon. I enjoy alcohol. I enjoy cigars. But I also, I actually understand where Pastor Rick's coming from. Right. Because it felt like even in his message, he talked about um, the, his family and his upbringing and the issues that kind of surround, like when alcohol and tobacco were introduced. So I can understand, though. You, you give the guy the benefit of the doubt that the guy was, grew up and, you know, he's in a family and there's a, issues going on in the family. I mean, in his view, he looks at it and says, well, Alcohol and tobacco, they were a catalyst for this. You know, like he's seen that, and I've seen it in my own family, how right. alcohol has destroyed right. uh, some members and, and has caused issues and has caused, uh, like we still have a lot of tension within mm-hmm. our family over it. And I've got a number of uh, uh, family members that abstain from alcohol. Right. And I don't have alcohol, you know, at the house when they're all over. Um, and that's because like when we have family functions, we don't have it out. We yeah. don't, we don't have it as an option and that's 
for our love and care for them. Right. So I understand that. And I get that. And I get that there's there's something behind. Yeah. And again, as Joe mentioned earlier, uh, what makes what people get all riled up about is because it becomes emotional for them. Right. And he's got a, he's got a piece of that too. Right. right. And but, I wasn't clear whether his example was um, an, ag- an an example of abstinence or abuse when it came to alcohol and tobacco. But he he freely admits, um, and even in my conversations with him, he goes, "Listen, uh, we all have." perspectives and experiences and that comes to influence us and he recognizes that we recognize that he was extremely gracious in that but what 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 jimmy's pointing out i think is that we need to work hard at understanding what other people are saying but also where they're coming from that's right because sometimes what a person is saying uh it might be a, a a good argument it might be a terrible argument but sometimes what's fueling that is an experience yes and so you want to help people when you can separate their experience from the issue so that you can talk about the issue as, as in a healthy way and mm-hmm. as in a healthy way as possible. Um, it, it was to, to bring up alcohol and tobacco makes sense in, in terms of the alcohol. The Southern Baptists have long had a culture of, of abstinence from alcohol. Yeah. Uh, not for, since the beginning, but since the prohibition era yeah. on, uh, they have, you know, we've passed maybe 20 resolutions against alcohol over the years. Um, but tobacco is really interesting because um, Baptists have long uh, have a long history with with tobacco. Like, what do you mean by that? I, well, I mean, first of all, uh, the tobacco farms throughout Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I mean, goodness. I would say that uh, every church has a general understanding of the dangers of addiction, yes, and the sins of abuse, but that. Um, Historically, we've we've had a, a number of Baptists enjoy tobacco uh, that may not make a big deal out of it. Yeah, and that's maybe what he's getting at is that among some of the new Calvinists, there is a, yes. a, a, a high degree of enjoyment and even bragging about the use of alcohol and tobacco. And that's the thing right there, bragging. Yeah, right. You're you're bragging, but I think he also said though. Hold on, it was not just the bragging, which I think is wrong. Uh, but I think the other aspect of it is that that Pastor Rick is uh, uh, I'm not going to use the word upset, but concerns him mm-hmm. is when they use it for ministry. Yeah. Now, now, what what kind of outreach do we do with uh, tobacco? Like, are, what what's our ministry paradigm for alcohol and tobacco, Jim? How do we do it at Redeemer? Like we don't. I know. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, nobody uses this as an outreach. Nobody. Like we I mean, don't. There, okay, there's, there's like one people out, one group out there that might try to do something, but really, people. I don't know anybody who smokes or drinks and is a believer who does it as a means to try to minister to people. Well, obviously, Pastor Rick does, though. Obviously, he knows of that. Yeah. Because he wouldn't use that example unless but he's maybe, actually seen maybe, that. But maybe sometimes there's confusion, right? Like, there is a... Some churches have a theology pub. Mm-hmm. So they will have an open discussion on a theological topic in a pub, and people are drinking beer. Well, does no, the, he's he's actually talking about, you know, a uh, craft beer brewing clubs. But that's not necessarily outreach. That's just... Yes, it is. Yes, it, how is yes, it outreach? Yeah, well, that's what he's what he's saying is that churches or individuals are using that as a means of gathering with other people, non-believers, to, to witness to them. Well, how you is, gather... It's all relational. You know that. You do relational building. I suppose. It's the exact same thing I would say. You know, we hang out in, uh, at, at a cigar shop and 
because of the relationship we have with those around us, they come to us and they talk to us and we talk to them. We're able to minister to them. Right. But I think he's saying churches are actually having like a ministry of that. Yeah. I don't see any churches doing that. Okay. I'm just saying. So unless I'm I'm misunderstanding, I just feel like if he's using that example, there's something behind that, that he's actually seen or experienced more so that we know. Or there's a perception. We we don't know. I guess we should talk to him. But I guess what I'm saying is, is it, it, it sort of begs the question to say like, hey man, they're using this as an outreach. Like, Okay, I don't know any churches that are using this as an outreach, but um, that's still presupposing that it's wrong. It, you're, you're, you're begging the question. Let's go back to, is alcohol and tobacco wrong? By okay. the way, if you want our take on that, check out episode four, All the Bad Things is what it's called. Um, you can find that on our website, doctrineanddevotion.com, where we talk about this. And by the way, that was birthed out of an article that was written by Dr. Paige Patterson, the oh president my goodness. of yeah, I did, That just dawned on me. Seminary. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Paige Patterson hates me. No, he well, doesn't know me. He, uh, he has he, no idea who I know am. You, but um, I'm not important enough. But you're going to get there, and he what? will hunt. He will hunt you down. Oh, he'll get me. That I've dude's seen, old, but he I, can. He he can. Hunt. I've seen those photos. Like I he's, know, man. He goes after the big game. I my hands are soft. That dude's hands are rugged. Yeah, no, you are you aren't a man compared. to I him. am. Patterson not, is more of a man than you are. I'll, yeah, I'll give that. Yeah, I'll give I think that. you're a better theologian though. That'd be my assessment. I'm just I, okay. I'm just saying the man. The man. Yeah, he's a man. He's definitely a man. He's a man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so here, I guess we, we wanted to talk about it to say, I want to say a couple of things. All right. Um, number one, I wanted to say that uh, Calvinism has been in the SBC longer than the traditionalists. I think we can prove that historically. We're going to link to some articles for you to check out. Um, now that doesn't, that's, that's a very big claim. That's a bold claim. Well, I can say it because I know that every founding church in the SBC was a 1689 church. Boom. You know that. Yeah. You know that. For a fact. Because Dr. Patterson, or not, not uh, what's his name? Uh, Pastor Rick. Actually, I think Tricky, do- Tricky Ricky, yeah. I think he's also a doctor as well. Probably. Reverend Dr. Rick. The right reverend. The right reverend. Tricky Ricky. No, stop it. He's tricky. <laughs> tricky, tricky, tricky. tricky. <laughs> All right, what's up? All right, I think he would, he obviously disagrees that he otherwise he he can't disagree with that fact yes he can yes he yes he can he can for his claim that uh traditionalism is what has founded okay here's what he cannot argue with that every church all the signatures uh for in 1845 for the found the formation of the southern baptist convention those messengers came from churches. All of those churches embraced the 1689. There is no arguing with that. That is fact. You cannot argue with facts. All right. I, I got you. Know, you got to send me that. I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying for a man like like the right reverend, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at his website right now. I'm looking at Connect 316. I'm, I've looked at his stuff. Are there any selfies? There are no. He's selfies. not a selfie. He's guy. not a selfie guy no, because he's so. not. He's not vain no, and self centered no, like you and I. Yeah, are. I'll do the selfie. We do the selfies all yeah, the time. We, we do couple selfies. We do. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. <laughs> but I'm just saying for him to say that to say that you know that Calvinism is not historically rooted in the SBC, and yet you are making the claim. You are saying I'm it, stating a fact. You okay? You are saying that that is fact. categorically false. It's hard for me. Like, I'm so, not- but you, you'd have to, you'd have to nuance your understanding of the fact. You can say, okay, well, sure, all those churches that those people came from to start the SBC um, held to the 1689, but then it quickly changed, uh, okay. and they adopted other things. So that shows you the trajectory and all of that. Okay, but- so you're still saying then that it was founded, yet 
the trajectory changed. And I think the right reverend says that. He says there's been an ebb and flow. Right. So it started, you know, with a strongly reformed bent. Um, the abstract of principles was written as the first written confession of faith that Southern Baptists put together okay. for Southern Seminary. That was in 1858, 59. And that was by? That was, uh, it was like uh, Boyce and, and Beyonce! Broadus. <laughs> Manly and all those guys. I think it might have been Broadus. I don't remember. Um, and that was clearly a Calvinistic, uh, if not thoroughly reformed, it was at least a Calvinistic yeah, statement obviously. of faith. And um, but then you, you start looking at the at when you when the Southern Baptists come up with you know in the twentieth century they come up with the the uh, the Baptist faith and message okay and he he refers to that a lot right and now even the Baptist faith and message though starts in nineteen twenty five and it has really strong statements that the traditionalists would disagree with today and then it was revamped in the sixties and it okay. became a mess. And then in, I think it was 98, 99, it was revised, and then the 2000 was the final revision, and so that's where we are today. And uh, so there has been some ebb and flow. My, my, my perspective on the history of the SBC theologically is that we were predominantly Calvinistic until the 20th century. Okay. And then in the, in, the, in the early parts of the 20th century, uh, we have guys like E.Y. Mullins and others uh, holding a different perspective, and the convention begins to move. And in fact, leadership at the convention at our seminaries begins to go, begins to go liberal. Yeah, and so we have a lot of trouble there. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's definitely. Listen, the the great thing about the SBC is that it is a big tent for Baptists. Yes, you can be Calvinistic, you can be non-Calvinistic. You can't really be Arminian and be in the SBC. That doesn't that wouldn't fit within our confessional standards. But you can be Calvinist, non-Calvinist, and we should all be able to get along. Define Arminian. Oh goodness, that's a whole another. I know. Thing. Just give me give me a broad brushstroke. Oh goodness sakes. Um, okay, so not. I'll try and be. I'll try and be honest here. Um, well, I would hope you'd be honest. I'm not honest, but I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say like there's a popular way that people talk about Arminian theology, which is really, which is why I want you to define which it because is really I, Pelagianism, yes. or semi-Pelagianism, and that's not necessarily so um, to reject. Oh goodness! You put me on the spot. I got to come up with a sorry, dude. Arminianism. That's what happens when we well, don't like defining Calvinism would take a whole like like yeah yeah. But I'm thought. not asking you to do that. I'm asking you right. to define that. Okay, so Arminianism mm -hmm. would uh, well like, we'll do it this way. Okay, so uh, the Remonstrants. Thanks for putting me on the spot, dude. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so uh, the Remonstrants, these followers of Jacob Arminius, had a beef with uh, the Reformed Church. Yep, and so they articulated five problems that they had. Uh, theologically, and they disagreed with um, uh, the, the common teachings, right, about the total depravity of man, the, mm -hmm. the, the total inability of an individual to, uh, to, be, to believe savingly in Christ apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, they rejected unconditional election. They rejected uh, a particular redemption of Christ dying specifically and only for the elect. Uh, they rejected God's irresistible grace, which it's become to be known, and they had a beef with with the perseverance of the saints. Mm -hmm. um, you know, historically, uh, I believe Arminians would say that you can lose your salvation. Now, the, the idea that you can lose your salvation, for example, is not something that Baptists have. And I don't believe believed. that traditionalists. No, they don't believe that you yeah. can lose your salvation. But everything else, though. So some of that, yes. Now it depends. Because I'm looking at their their website, the Connect 316, and 
Well, they also page, deny original sin. In there. They, I mean, they their page on Calvinism and traditionalism, they line it up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the things you're talking about are are things that they, it seems to me as I'm reading it and I'm just perusing it, yeah. affirm. Right. Like? Uh, let's go with... Uh, okay, you said uh, election. Atonement, right. they would say, for the Calvinists, Christ died for the sins of the world, meaning the elect among all kinds of people. For them, Christ died for the sins of the world, meaning all people. Uh, God's grace and human response. For the Calvinists, when God calls people to be saved, they cannot and will not resist that saving call. For the traditionalists, when God calls people to be saved, they may accept or reject his invitation. The order of salvation. For the Calvinists, people believe in Jesus because they are saved. The order of salvation for traditionalists, people are saved when and because they believe in Jesus. Say that again. Uh, that last part. Last part. People are saved. And this is traditionalist. People are saved when and because they believe in Jesus. And I'm quoting that verbatim. Right. Right. So I mean, there there are, there are things in here that is that um, right? Do you say quote verbatim? Is that because it's not really verbal? That's a quote. I read that. <laughs> I'm just talking. How do you say that? How do you say it? I want so, to sound smart. So so. so um, <laughs> So histor- historically, Arminians believed in total depravity. Okay. That uh, in the way that the Reformed might articulate total depravity, but they also believed in something called provenient grace, that through Christ and his death, all men are brought out of that state into a mm-hmm. state in which they are enabled to either receive or reject Christ's offer of the gospel. Okay. Um, and here with, uh, with this you know, traditionalist statement, um, and I don't know what website you're on. Connect 316. Is Connect 316? Connect316.net. Um, so I know that, that there they articulate uh, doctrines that not just are out of step with Calvinism, but in my mind are out of step with even orthodoxy as it relates to original sin, um, the imputation of Adam's guilt to all humanity. Well, yeah, the, uh, the Calvinist says, and I'm reading from their site again, people begin life guilty due to Adam's sin even before they commit a sinful act. Now, for the traditionalist, people begin life with a sinful nature due to Adam's sin, but become guilty only when they become morally responsible right. and knowingly commit a sin. Right, yeah. And so I think that—I'm uh, going to go ahead and open up my Bible. So I, I think that is— That'd be a, a good thing to do, I mean. Is, is a problem when we start looking at— uh, And I'm not trying to bash. I'm just no, trying no, to no, have a greater pro- understanding. Yeah. We're pro- Here's the thing. Again, this podcast is Joe and I processing a lot of these things. We don't prep— we just talk. Right. And this is us processing, me learning from Joe, because it's Joe Thorne, everybody. Uh, yeah. Accomplished author. Okay, whatever. Booklets. And I'm learning what? Booklets. Book, yeah. <laughs> uh, booklets. And he's got three more booklets. Actually, no, they're real books. Okay, no, I'm not going to promo booklets. that. They're, we'll, they're we'll small. talk about that. We'll talk about it later. But, All right, let me, let, me get, let me get to this whole thing. Like here, here is our beef, and we can get into the, the background and, and the confessional background of, uh, of the SBC on this issue as well. But for, let's just do this in Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as this is verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, which the traditionalists mm-hmm. are affirming, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Past tense. All sinned. So not because all sin, but because all sin. This is a reference to the past. Just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, mm-hmm. and death spread to all men. Why? Because all sinned. Not because all sin, but because all sinned. Past tense. Right. So we are all guilty because of 
Adam's transgression because he was our federal head. He represented us. He he acted on our behalf. And this is the whole point of Romans 5, that either Adam is your representative and you are in him and mm-hmm. condemned, or Christ is your representative, and you are in him and condemned. Yes. And yes, we are condemned for our the actions that we commit in this body, in this flesh, uh, but uh, we are also guilty for what Adam did. So there, there's a lot of differences that we have with the traditionalists, that some of which I think are, are far more significant than others. So I don't even know how we got onto the Arminian thing, but there, well, because he said there's a big tent of the SBC. That's right. Every you know that the Calvinists are welcome, the the traditionalists are welcome, but the Arminian is not. Well, I don't know how you could like because of some of the Arminian beliefs, it just doesn't fit. Um, but but the SBC is a big tent, and there isn't like the Calvinists that I know. They're not angry. They're pretty chill in the SBC. Yeah. We're like you know what we're doing. We're uh, we're preaching the gospel. We're planting churches. Yeah. Here at Redeemer, we are definitely a, a reformed Calvinistic Baptist Southern Baptist church, where we have uh, planted other churches. We're preaching the gospel indiscriminately to all people, just like all yes. good Calvinists do. And uh, we're making disciples. Emphasis That's, on good Calvinists, right? Good Calvinists. There are bad Calvinists out there. Yeah, there's so, a lot of bad Calvinists. So yeah, we're 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 all about it, and I'm happy to be in the SBC. I don't think the SBC needs to be Calvinistic now. What I, I think the writing's on the wall. It will become more and more Calvinistic, uh, especially if we continue on this trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why, as you said, the sounding alarm. Yeah, the, because the they're alarm. like, hey, we don't, we're not, we're not organized. We've just kind of been assuming and the, that the way the SBC is right now, the traditionalists, like we're, we're all the, predominantly that was the view. Yeah. After Reformed theology kind of took a back seat, uh, the traditionalists were in the driving seat, and now suddenly they got out to go to the bathroom. And the Calvinist hopped into the past, into the driver's seat. That's it. And he's taken off, and the guy's still in the bathroom. He's yep. driving the car. And I will say one of the things I do appreciate about our traditionalist friends, right, and our right. brothers, mm-hmm. is their heart for missions, though, right? Yeah, and I, sure. I think that's what's important when you talk about good Calvinist, bad Calvinist. Right. Is a you know a good Calvinist will go and preach the gospel to all. Like and, Spurgeon, yeah, like Bunyan. But there are bad Calvinists that sit back as the frozen chosen, right? And, and, I, but, and I, so I appreciate I appreciate the heart here to that God be glorified, and that people would come to know God's saving power right. and love and grace. Now I, I disagree I disagree with a lot, um, but I I love that. Yeah, let, let me let me just say a couple of things. What you know I was I was watching this sermon. Um, I thought Pastor Rick, uh, it was clear, he wants to reach the lost. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. His heart is he, to see uh, God glorified. Definitely. And um, he, he loves the convention. He cares about the convention. I think that's yes. really good. Uh, and, and this is not important, but I liked your suit. It was, it was better than Dr. Patterson's. So anyways. Really? that you, uh, I, I took a note. I take notes when I want. Did you really? Well, that was your note. Your suit yeah, was nicer? It said, no, it said nice suit. I wrote nice suit, period. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I only have one suit. I have one black suit. Okay, but. That, oh, you mean your, uh, your Pulp Fiction one? Yeah, that's yeah, the, like that's that the one, one I had. That's, that's my that funeral good. wedding. It looks good on you. Yeah, yeah. Hitman suit. All right, so, um, no, I mean, I think there's a, there, there were even some things as I'm listening to him, and I'm like, okay, I get it, man. He wants to reach the lost. He wants to make disciples. And But theologically, we're obviously on different pages. Yeah. Um, you know, but man, I, I got to say, like, I. The idea that that these young Calvinists who 
really are very committed to the authority and the sufficiency of the Word of God, who are doing the work of evangelism, who are planting churches. I do not think these are the people you need to be concerned about. Now, when it comes to ecclesiology, as Baptists, we need to have good, clear ecclesiology, and we need to be able to articulate this and argue about it and shore up any practices that are not in conformity with the Word of God. Absolutely. If, uh, If people are abusing alcohol or tobacco, if they're uh, you know, we need to discuss this. Um, you know, the, this whole idea that new Calvinism is charismatic, here's the truth. I'll let you guys in on a secret because I'm in Acts 29, and a lot of these guys talk about how they're, uh, they're charismatic. They aren't. The vast majority of continuationists that I know, no one speaks in tongues in their churches. Yeah. None of these guys are speaking in tongues in their homes. They're not charismatic. They are, charis- they are they simply will, uh, they will check a box on a piece of paper that says, uh, all of the gifts are still in function, or most of the spiritual gifts are still in function. Now, I'm a cessationist because I'm biblical. Um, I don't. I don't buy that. Uh, that the the continuationist argument. I don't think it's as. I don't think it's as satisfying biblically as the cessationist argument. We've already talked about that in a podcast. We can link to that in the show notes as well. But I think that this this alarm is unwarranted. I don't think that there is much to be concerned about. I do think what we need to do is a really good job of teaching our men and women to clearly articulate the gospel to as many people as possible, to make disciples. I think that our churches need to have a better uh, confessional identity. Most Southern Baptist churches, uh, you don't have to be... Uh, an, uh, you don't have to affirm the SBC, uh, Baptist Faith and Message 2000, yeah. to be a Southern Baptist. Now, I, I think that there ought to be some sort of rigorous confessional standard. I think that would be good, and I think it's good for us to clarify those things. The alcohol tobacco thing, though, was annoying uh, because I, I think it is, uh, it's, it, it, it's a little too easy to turn this into a, a boogeyman, a straw man situation where you're, you're talking— It feels like an axe to grind. Yeah, it's like, uh, come on, man. Uh, I, uh, drunkenness, abuse, yeah, all that stuff. We want to we want to get it on about, but this other stuff is not a big deal. Now, what do you think about Doctor Paige Patterson's though, dude? Listen, wow, you can't. Oh, turn- you know what, dude? What? It's Pastor Rick. Hang on. Oh, okay. He's my buddy. I got to talk to him. Uh, it's not Pastor Rick. No, it's not. I know it's not because I got the same message you just oh, okay. got. Okay, but my thing's on silent. <laughs> okay. What were you saying? Oh, what did Pat? What, what did uh, what did what did Doctor Patterson say? Uh, well, be fair. I'm going to be fair. Okay, that's when I want to make sure I'm fair. He said, "Get out." No, he did not. Say he that. said, he "Get the heck out of the SBC," <laughs> 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 or I will punch you in the face. Yeah, that I was will what shoot he said. you dead. No, he had said. He goes, "If I was Calvinistic or if I was Reformed, I would." be a Presbyterian because that's a, where I would yeah, There's go. a denomination for that. There's a denomination for you. It's called Presbyterianism. Right. And he was even addressing his own students. He's like, yeah. I know a lot. I know there's a number of you. His own students? No, his own students. Yeah, but I think you said students. No, his own students. He go was addressing his own, his own, his st- own, why, why are you going to waste people's time with that? Go ahead. All right. Uh, right. What was I saying? Well, it was pretty, it was, yeah, it was a pretty bold call. Um, the problem is, is that. Uh, this is why our seminaries are dying. This is. We tell them to get out. Uh, well, Southern's not dying. Midwestern's not dying. Those things are blowing up, son. They're not experiencing any shrinkage. So anyways, we've got, um, Dr. Patterson, at least now I know he said it, he's recently addressed it. He goes, listen, I was just saying that I would get out, not you, but I I do believe that 
Dr. Patterson's statement implies that you should you should move on if you're going to be reformed and not be in the SBC. I, I can't get around how that's the impli- that's not the implication. I know, but I feel like you're not being charitable there. I mean, the man. Yeah, no, you, you are. I'm, no, I'm saying you. I'm saying I, oh. I can't understand how you're not being charitable. In in we have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt that what he said is what he meant. You know what I mean? Like if he says this is what I meant, do we not take that for as okay? Yeah, it, it's still I you know just uh, it's still. I, he could just say, hey, listen, that's just what I would do. All I was talking about is what I would do. But he did say that. He wrote, know, he wrote a thing on his, okay. on his... Yep. All right. What I'm saying, though, is, okay, you may only have been talking about what you would do, but you are a leader in the SBC, the president of a seminary. How is your example not meant to be? Not, not, not meant to be an example to follow by others. There is an implication there by virtue of what he said and what he would do. And his position. Right. So I think, there's an, I think there is a necessary implication that, yeah, you know what? Maybe you should go to Presbyterian, which is a completely different issue. It's a different issue in terms of church polity. It's a different issue in terms of, of the ordinances. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I listen. I thought that was over the top. I'll be honest. Out of I thought everything, that was over the top. out of everything from that video, I did not. I did not take offense to anything the right reverend had said, and I mean that. Right. I, it was. You I just I disagree. disagree. I disagree right. totally. But there was no offense there. No. You know, even the Trojan horse thing, I understood what he was trying to get to. It's right. yeah, there's no offense there. Dr. Patterson, though. Yeah. What it, he said at the beginning and at the end. Of at the, the end thing. was uh, I found uh, just a little off putting. Right, right, right. Well, it's just I mean, it, maybe you get wrapped up. Maybe you get riled up. I, I, I definitely would um, say that I, I sometimes miss uh, the I, I sometimes will overstate things and I'll. I'll, I'll miss a better point by making yeah. a different one. Um, and, and maybe that's what he was doing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I'll tell you my perspective. Oh. I don't think the SBC is ever going to be a reformed convention. I don't think it needs to be. I don't think that's its purpose. Uh, but it's going to increasingly become more and more reformed. And I'll tell you why. My conviction is because, oh, boy, this is going to sound like, I'm going to sound like such a jerk. Oh, yeah. Here, oh, uh, I know what you're going to say. Don't do it. No, no, you don't know what I'm going to say. No, I know what you're going to say. Okay, so what am I going to say? Uh, because people are dying off. No, I wouldn't say that. Wow, dude, I can't Dang, believe you're going to say so that. You're so cold. No, I was. You're so say, morbid. I I think we've raised a bunch of people to be sola scriptura in the. Oh, convention. now I sound like the jerk. Here you are. Doing okay, that. <laughs> so we've raised them to. Hey, listen, don't trust tradition. Trust the word of God. Question everything and evaluate everything by the authority of the word. And so there's a reason why a lot of us don't lead people in an altar call to come forward to receive Christ. Uh, and it, well, it's because it, it's not commanded in Scripture, so we know that it's not necessary. What we, the, what we see modeled in Scripture is commanding people to repent the gospel and believe, to re- repent of their sins and to believe the gospel today. Yeah. So that's what we do. And if you don't offer an altar call for people to come forward, I do not believe, and I, I think that's the, one of the implications of what Pastor Rick had said, you know, that uh, if, if we didn't offer the altar call on a particular day and people got saved, would they have believed without it? Absolutely, if you're calling them to repent and believe, because the command is not to walk an aisle, but to receive Christ as Lord. No, but he's saying though, if you don't do that, because I think he's saying altar call in that sermon. Well, but I think that, yeah, he said altar call, but I think that's that's part of that repent and believe, isn't no, it? But it's the come forward. It's the both and, isn't it? Well, no, no, I'm saying it's there's there's no and. The the biblical command is to repent and believe. I know. I'm saying for him, he's saying. 
he's I think he's lumping those together. He's lumping repent and believe. Well, you've got to be able to separate altar call. You've got to be able to separate them. So I think that's what he's saying is call people to repent and believe and call them forward as a sign of that repentance and that belief. That's what he I feel like that's what he was saying. And his 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 thought was, you know, if people are not doing it, if your churches are not doing it, how many because of his belief, his, his soteriology that how many souls are being lost because they might never come back. And, and let me let me say this. Uh, if you consider yourself Reformed or a Calvinist or Calvinistic, and you're not preaching Christ, uh, if, if your church is not holding out the hope of the gospel and encouraging people to repent and to believe every week, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's not the Reformed tradition. The Reformed tradition preaches, preaches Christ all the time. It, Christ is, is the scope of of all of Scripture, and to, to not get to the gospel is to miss the point of what we're supposed Absolutely. to all be about. Absolutely. This is just a bonus episode, normally like 10 minutes. This one's long. How long is this? What have we been doing? Yeah, we're about 50 minutes. Oh, geez, really? <laughs> all right, we got to wrap it up. All we wanted to do was address it because everybody's talking about it. So, Jimmy, what words of encouragement do you have to people who are listening to our bonus episode today? Uh, one is chill. Chill out to, to who? I'm I'm talking to the Calvinists. That's right. I'm talking to you, young, restless, reform, whatever. You, what do you call them? The new Calvinists. I don't know what you call them. I don't know, millennials. Millennials. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was about to do, do a whole thing on it. All right. Uh, relax. Relax. You know, just because someone disagrees with you or or espouses a uh, a different understanding than you have on, um, like in this case right here uh, on soteriology, right. Don't sit there and go throw your all, all, you know, up in arms and I'm ready to battle and I'm really ready to fight. You know what? Relax. Get to know the individual. At least try to read up. Try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Be charitable that, hey, here was a brother in Christ sharing God's word and sharing what he believed it like he he truly believes that Otherwise, he wouldn't say that. It's right. a, it's, it's kind of hard to sit there and stand up. Heaven, I mean, I'll just be honest here. How many of us? Would love to have our sermons, you know, broadcast, videoed, and then critiqued and discussed by everybody like that. Well, it would be easy for me. Oh yeah, because you're such an amazing. Because they're so speaker. they're pretty perfect. You're perfect. I feel like. Yeah. Because I forget, Joe never says anything wrong. He's no. never accidentally said a bad word. He's no. never once. Uh, no, you're trying to think of something, but you can't think of anything. You no, know because why? I'm not going to say it on here. Yeah, because I. I'm on point with my preacher. You are not. <laughs> you, you're a great preacher. I'm not. No, saying no, no. That. I'm kidding. But what I'm trying to say is, no, like, yeah. You know what? Yeah, give the guy. Look at this. He, he, everyone caught. You know, someone got all upset, started throwing things out there, and now everyone's jumping in and they're looking to to fight. They're yeah. looking to to battle it out here. I agree. Reform guys, chill. You're going to. You can win the argument, but uh, uh, that's. We want more than that, right? Uh, Chill out, be calm, be reasonable, and let the Word of God do the work. Uh, you know, pursue godliness in your confrontation with other people. Yeah. Now, I'm talking to myself here, not just to you guys. Pursue godliness in your confrontation of others. Yep. Um, I would also say to those of you that don't like Calvinism and you're upset, uh, why don't you try and befriend somebody who is Reformed, right? Like, I, I emailed, or I emailed, Rick, uh, Pastor Rick and I have been talking, I, I just messaged him, I said, hey man, uh, I'd love to be your friend, you know, if you want to have a, have a, have a Calvinist buddy, you know, who is uh, reformed and full on SBC, 
I mean, I went to an SBC seminary. I've planted an SBC church. The three churches that we planted outside of this church are all SBC, and I drink and smoke, uh, and I'm a Calvinist. So, but we can be friends, mm-hmm. and then you'll have one of those in your group if you don't yet. And like, befriend people, and uh, it, you'll you'll be surprised at, at what God can do in terms of us being able to understand each other. Uh, I think that a lot of the drama is unfortunate in the yeah. SBC. So let's get back to the business of churches being autonomous, doing their work but cooperating together uh, for the good of making disciples. Um, I'm excited to be SBC, even though it's even though I disagree with some of the people in the SBC. Like, we can all chill out. Have a good time. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. All right, what's coming up Thursday? Do you remember? You don't remember. I never remember. Okay, so we did forgiveness. Just- Judgment? Yeah, judgment's coming. Yeah, judgment's yeah. coming. Gonna judge just like Pastor Rick judged me and said that I was Stop a bad it. Christian. Stop and a it. Bad pa- didn't he say that? No, he did not he said, say that. And then he leaked that video and he goes, Look at this pagan. No, he, he did couldn't not. possibly he be did a not believer. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I'm just joking, Pastor Rick. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Big thanks to Justin Bond who put this out real quick for us. Um, usually we record way in advance and give it to him so he has time. And we were like, Justin, can you put this up quick? Because we want to give it a bonus episode. So if you need have any photo, video, editing needs, check out J Bond Media. He will hook you up, take care of you, and make you sound or look amazing jimmy if they want to support the podcast what do they do uh there's the amazon link there Boom. is you can go to our online okay. store slowing down what you're slowing down oh, i didn't know you were gonna say i thought it was a bonus episode i don't think we're doing our whole ending no we gotta do the end you gotta tell right, like, fine. here you go you ready amazon you ready? what else uh, amazon you can head on over to itunes or any of your podcast feeders give us an honest five-star review mm-hmm. you can uh follow us on instagram and twitter at doc and devo and on facebook slash doctrine and devotion you can head on over to our website click on the contact us page fill out the form give us your suggestions ideas your critiques and uh we read them we pray for you we can't always respond to everybody uh, finally, you can tell a friend. Yeah. Sharing is caring. See, I had to go through the whole thing. That's good. Everybody knows. Listen, some of these cats are listening to the bonus episode because we're addressing the Southwestern. Hey, shout out to all of our friends at Southwestern. We love you guys. Bam. Hey, fools, go to chapel. Come on, man. Yeah, it was empty. that picture. Come on now. Listen, if you, I went to every chapel when you know I was what, I'm going to say one last thing. The impression I got from, I can't remember where I read it, it was either, uh, and I don't, I, I don't know if it was Pastor Rick wrote it or Doctor Patterson wrote it, but I guess during this the talk, some students got up and left, walked out out of protest. <laughs> Knock it off! That's weak, you big babies. Knock it off! You, what? you can't handle it. You are think, you kidding? You me? know what? Like, okay, you know why? Because uh, the, the, those are those are the young kids that like got participation trophies for everything, even when they didn't win. No, those are Bernie Sanders uh, supporters. Oh, thanks, right Bernie. There. Thanks, Bernie. All right, listen. Be a man. Stand up or be a strong woman. Stay like just stay there, endure, take notes, and then go and talk to the guy. Then, afterwards. then talk afterwards. Have a conversation. Or, don't or get up or and go walk and rant away. on your go and rant on your blog that nobody reads. Whatever. No, but don't at least, do that either. No, what don't is do that. Wrong with you. All right, look. Um, just you know what I got. You no. know I've, I'm. It's cold out, right? Yeah. But I'm not cold. I, you know, know why? Because you've got yourself the Doctrine and Devotion I got hoodie. one with my Doctrine and Devotion hoodie. This is softest. You know what? Most, it uh, really is. I, uh, we're both wearing our Doctrine and Devotion hoodie. I know. Right we now. look so cool today. We do look cool. Like we, twins. We showed up this morning. To the men's at breakfast. At the men's breakfast. And Joe looks at me and goes, what the heck, dude? Why are you wearing your hoodie? You wore it yesterday. I, That's why I thought I could wear it's mine today. You wear it every day. You don't wear it every day. I wear hoodies every day. Do you have a t-shirt day? on underneath? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wear the hoodie every day. See? I'm, I have... Uh, I have 
this one. Okay. I got that shirt. Oh, yeah. I know that. That's Righteous Wretch. Yep. I got that shirt underneath there. All right, listen. If you haven't checked out the hoodies, go to our store. Check out the hoodies. They are nice. Hey, Later. Man. Hey, what are you guys doing? No, all right. You guys, guys want to hang out? Check, hey, check hey, hey, hang Joe, out. hold on. There's something What's really up? important that okay. we need to talk about, right, and we'll we go. got to make sure everybody knows about this. Right. If we miss this, okay. it's going to be bad. All right, what is it? It's going to be about the big... Bit-